This is WRAL News at 7 with special coverage of coronavirus. Facts, not fear. We continue to see the spread of the virus accelerate through North Carolina, but at a much slower pace because people are following the executive orders on social distancing. Some reassuring news in the fight against coronavirus here in North Carolina as we start a new week with a clear warning from the governor. Good evening. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Gerald Owens. We have new insight and analysis on coronavirus throughout this half hour. But we want to quickly update you on the other big story we're following today, the severe weather and the cleanup happening right now across much of the state. WRL had a team of reporters and meteorologists on the storms overnight and for much of the day. Tonight, while many communities in our state continue to clean up, we can confirm an EF1 tornado touched down in Alamance County. We also learned that one person died in Davidson County after a tree fell on her home. Some good news with the weather and our local hospitals. We checked with UNC Health and WakeMed today. They both said they had no damage with the tents that they use to process potential coronavirus patients. Tonight, we can tell you social distancing is working in North Carolina. However, the governor and Dr. Mandy Cohen stressed it's important we all keep our foot on the gas. The virus is still accelerating in North Carolina, but at a slower rate. We are currently sitting at 4,847 cases, 256 of those reported over the past 24 hours. 101 people have now died and at least 313 people are in the hospital. While those numbers continue to climb, the rate of new infections is slowing, which is good. However, it should not be taken as a cue to relax any restrictions. Our biggest enemy is complacency. The, we the better we can be at staying home through April, the more likely we are able to ease restrictions. The number of recoveries officially reported in our state sits at 353. These numbers are reported by the counties, not by the state. One of those recoveries is a 101-year-old resident at a senior living facility in Cary. The staff at Woodland Terrace told WRAL the resident was diagnosed on March 16th. After being treated at the hospital, she remained in quarantine for 14 days at the facility where she was recovering. There are no additional cases at that facility. Now, this is not the case at other facilities across the state. New regulations are in place to slow the spread in nursing homes and senior living communities. That means an end to any activities taking place in common areas, including meals. The latest facilities added to the list in our area are in Durham County. The health department is working with at least three facilities. The Durham Nursing and Rehab Center, where there are 15 cases, four cases at the VA Healthcare System Community Nursing Home, and four cases at Treyburn Rehabilitation Center. It's not just senior living facilities making these changes. So are grocery stores and retail retailers still open? The governor's latest executive order started two hours ago and prevents more than 20% of the customers allowed by fire code in the store at one time. This could mean you will be waiting to get inside if you haven't had to before. So some stores have started doing this already. So this is a change sure to impact all of us now on our next trip out. WRL's Aaron Thomas is live at a food line in Raleigh. Tell us more about this, Aaron. Darrell Dubber, it's a pretty steady crowd here at this food line on Western Boulevard. But one new thing that we noticed, this store now has one-way traffic shopping. 
if you look close enough, there's actually a sign here that says enter only on this door. And on the other door, it says exit only. And this is one of the several guidelines that Governor Cooper highlighted in his executive order. Now, customers may have to wait in longer lines because one of the guidelines states that stores can only have up to 20 percent of the maximum capacity the store can handle. We saw that at a local fresh market. A sign stated that up to 63 customers were allowed inside at a time. We spoke with a shopper who has taken note of the changes in retail stores, but thinks fellow shoppers can play a bigger role in stopping the spread of coronavirus. I'd probably put a few more hand sanitizers around. Um, people cannot help touching their faces. I can't help touching my face. Um, people can't wash their hands as much, so if everybody put out more hand sanitizers or even just carried one in your purse, I think that would also be a step. Now, Aaron, Governor Cooper's executive order also suggests maintaining a six-foot separation between customers and offering that hand sanitizer that woman was talking about. Are you seeing that at that store mm -hmm. and other stores? Yes. Yeah, so we've been to this store. We've been to other stores throughout the Triangle, not only today, but throughout the past several days. And we are noticing that these stores are following these orders. And when it comes to the six foot separation rule, it seems to vary uh, the store that you visit. So, for instance, like at the Fresh Market we went to, we saw the six foot separation rule at like the deli. And you see a lot of it uh, inside here at the checkout lines. But if you visit stores like Trader Joe's, you have that uh, six foot separation with the tape that's outside. Uh, for the uh, customers that are waiting to get inside the store. Yeah, you have to make sure you look down and look at that mark on the floor. Aaron, is there a penalty for retailers who don't follow the rules? Yeah, Governor Cooper said that law enforcement can uh, charge some of these uh, stores with a class two misdemeanor if they are caught violating any of these rules. But he's pretty confident that these stores will uh, follow these guidelines. Have you seen any other drastic measures besides the ones the governor put in place today? Ford. Yeah, so back to that fresh, mar yeah, the fresh market that we were at uh, for our five o'clock live shot, we actually saw signs that said you could only enter the store if you had a mask on. I believe that fresh market implemented this rule over the weekend. We actually saw a couple, they turned around because they didn't uh, have that mask to enter the store. Back All to right. you. Some, some ways to stay safe during this pandemic. Aaron Thomas, live in Raleigh. Thank you, Aaron. Let's check in with Mark Boyle in the Live Center as the White House Task Force gives its daily briefing. Mark? Deborah, the exact date on when the country will essentially reopen with business has not been decided just yet. It has not been made public, but that was one of the big questions that President Donald Trump was answering from the White House press briefing that's still going on. These are live pictures coming in right now from the nation's capital. There are a lot of folks that are looking at May 1st. That date is in flux. Obviously, things have to change between now and then in terms of getting things turned back on. The president says we will know something very soon. Here's part of that conversation. I've been having many discussions with my team and top experts, and we're very close to completing a plan to open our country, hopefully even ahead of schedule. And that's so important. We'll monitor that. We expect, again, that to be d developed and more information at some point later this week. Also, a little more on those stimulus checks. We could see those coming out by Wednesday. Some people already have them, but the majority of Americans were told from the Department of Treasury that it'll happen by Wednesday. Much more on that. And if you don't see it, then what you can do. We'll have more details at 10 and 11 o'clock. North Carolinians are staying home and saving lives. We're keeping our families safe. We're keeping our health workers safe. 
We're keeping our communities safe. Sadly, our current success doesn't mean that people won't get sick and need hospital care. We are still seeing a slow rise in the number of new lab-documented COVID-19 cases. However, we are, in fact, achieving our goal of flattening the curve, having fewer people get sick at the same time. Some encouraging news from Dr. Mandy Cohen today. Joining us now tonight via Zoom is Dr. Elisa Grolinski, one of the leading COVID-19 researchers from the University of North Carolina School of Public Health. Dr. Grolinski, thanks so much for joining us yet again. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Dr. Grolinski, let's start with that headline from our state. You just heard Dr. Cohen say, we are flattening the curve, it is working. Your response to that and tell our viewers now why this is so important. Uh, this is really encouraging news for North Carolina, and I hope very much that we're able to continue with this flattened curve that we're seeing. What's so important about this is, as we heard just a moment ago, that we're not overwhelming the medical facilities. We know people are going to continue getting sick. That's unavoidable at this point. But if we can stop the huge rush of patients you know, who need to go into the hospitals, to the ICUs, then everybody can have an improved outcome. We don't have to worry so much about our doctors, our nurses, our first-line responders being overwhelmed, being at much as risk of getting infected as they would be if you know, the facilities were just overrun with patients who urgently need their care. So flattening the curve is a really good sign, and we hope it can stay that way. Now, Dr. Galinsky, the hotspots in North Carolina continue to be the nursing homes, the retirement facilities. The governor implemented new measures, measures there today. Do you think this can be effective in helping the situation in those facilities? So it's difficult in implementing these measures in you know, in our nursing homes and healthcare facilities where people want to be able to have contact uh, with their family members, be close to their loved ones. But it, it really is important. Uh, these are some of our most vulnerable citizens and we wanna do everything we can to take care of them as much as possible and hope that everyone has a good outcome. Dr. Glincy, we're seeing people wearing masks in public now. That's not required, it's suggested. Uh, we've talked about the, the effectiveness of that. Some people, you can walk down the street and you have a mask on, they'll walk around you because they don't know how to grasp that. Make our viewers more comfortable with wearing a mask in public and tell us why that is so important. So wearing a mask in public is very different for most of us. You know, it feels awkward to me still at this point, um, but it's something that's been instituted on UNC's campus. It's been recommended by the School of Medicine and the School of Public Health. Uh, so we're all getting used to that right now. Uh, you know, typically we've, mostly thought about wearing masks as a way to keep ourselves safe. But in this case, it's actually the opposite. We're trying to protect the people around us because there's been a lot of community transmission, you know, not as much in North Carolina, but throughout other parts of the country. It's safest at this point to act as if we're all infected and that we're trying to protect the people around us. This is really people stepping up and taking as much personal responsibility as possible, even though it, it feels strange and it's different, uh, you know, that six feet of social distancing, we do want to try and continue that when at all possible. You know, I try and take a slightly less common route from my car and my parking garage on campus to my lab here. Um, you know, crossing the street, staying away from people as much as possible. It probably is advisable even if people are having a mask on, um, not available at all locations. You know, if you're in a greenway or a crowded area, you know, hopefully not too crowded, but when possible, keep your distance. Dr. Lisa Grilinski, please stick with us after the break. We're going to ask you more about what's happening there in your lab and the efforts to find a cure. 
Also ahead, uh, we will take you back to the front lines at Duke Regional. We'll check back with our newest contributor about how conditions change in just a matter of days. Stay with us. Some very, very sick people um, have come in. It seems like it just can get anybody. You are watching WRL News at 7. This is WRAL News special coverage. Facts, not fear. A new social media group called Reopen NC is increasing the pressure on Governor Cooper to ease the stay-at-home order. I believe that North Carolinians are intelligent enough to make their own decisions about social distancing and their own health care choices. People feel that their freedoms and their rights are being infringed upon and their businesses are suffering. I think the risk does not... Uh, does not merit the measures that we're taking to prevent it. We're not ready to open now, but if we work together, we can take the steps that can enable a successful reopening, a stepwise reopening in the weeks ahead. Dr. Mark McClellan from Duke's Fuqua School of Business says that that can come only after we see a consistent downward trend in the number of cases and there is stepped up testing. Today, Governor Cooper said dropping his order now could be catastrophic in the race to slow the spread. We are continuing our conversation with UNC epidemiologist Dr. Lisa Grilinski. Dr. Grilinski, as you just heard, a big talking point is when and how to return to normal. Do you and your colleagues think it's possible for these measures to be gradually lifted as we go into May based on the models and numbers you're seeing? So this is a really difficult question that a lot of people are struggling with. You know, my husband, other friends, family members, they're tired of being at home by themselves all the time. They want to go out, interact with uh, friends, loved ones, co-workers. But if we kind of go back to business as usual, reopen society too early, then all of the pain and difficulties that we've gone through so far will really turn out to have been for nothing. So I really think that we need to listen to Dr. Fauci in this sense when he said that the virus will let us know when it's okay to start to reopen things. We need to have really sufficient uh, abilities to test, to track uh, identified patients and their contacts. Without that ability, uh, the virus could just re-enter areas, go undetected, and start another outbreak that could be devastating. So the timeline, it's difficult to say right now, Right now, I wouldn't feel comfortable with anything this month. Let's talk about a treatment, a vaccine. Last week with this time, we had your colleague, Dr. Ralph Barrick, with us. He talked about the new drug going into clinical trials as a possible treatment. Any update you can share with us? So I think Ralph was probably talking with you about remdesivir, hopefully, although we've also been looking at EIDD-1931, which is another drug uh, that's come out of some collaborators' labs in Emory. So both of those are things that we're testing in the lab right now in mouse models of disease and early results look promising, but we definitely need to um, repeat the experiments, have full confidence before we can really put that data out there. You talked about your husband being at home. That means you're probably at work 24-7 as he's home alone. Yeah. So um, is this a 24-7 job for you all right now? Are you working around the clock to try to find a cure to COVID-19? We are working uh, really pretty extreme hours right now. I mean, yesterday was Easter and I saw probably four or five of my coworkers at least in lab just during the hours I was here. Other people were in later. Um, there's a lot of 
analysis work, setting up collaborations, planning experiments that people also do from home, you know, on their computers. So there's definitely no traditional work hours happening in anybody's lives right now that's in a lab working on COVID-19. Well, we really appreciate the effort, extra effort you all are putting in. I know you may not hear it from people, but uh, we absolutely hope for the best and hope you all come up with a vaccine uh, for this horrible virus. Dr. Lisa Gorlinski. We know you Thank are. You. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Dr. Lisa Gorlinski with the UNC Public Health School. Thank you. Deborah, we want to continue right now with some brand new information into the Live Center from Durham County. 34 additional Durham County residents right here just now testing positive for the coronavirus, bringing the total in Durham County up to 324. For more on the breakdown in Durham County, as well as other counties in our viewing area, visit us online, WRL.com. You'll see the interactive map right there. WRL News at 7 o'clock will continue right after this. This is WRAL News special coverage. Facts, not fear. For the first time on Friday, we were able to take you inside Duke Regional's emergency department. Ashley Wheeler is a nurse there dealing mostly with COVID-19 patients. She agreed to video blog her shifts for WRAL with the goal of giving us all a better idea of what it's like on the front line. Here is her update on how things changed this weekend. Today has been interesting um, overall the numbers have been still lower than average, but some very, very sick people um, have come in. I would say that we're seeing more profoundly sick people on a daily basis now than an average uh, ER day. Uh, so overall, our numbers are not that bad, but there's some really sick folks. Um, we've seen today something that our doctor called happy hypoxia, which I thought was a really good description. Um, this describes patients who are, um, when you put them on the monitor and we look at their oxygen saturation, it's really bad. Like, uh, numbers that you don't see for people who, uh, unless they're just not breathing or their body has stopped being able to breathe on its own. But really confounding because the patient's sitting there talking to you. Um, you know, normally when we see those kind of numbers, it doesn't match the patient. Um, so that, that's been a weird kind of thing that we're just having to get used to, um, just kind of casually looking at these numbers and seeing something really scary. Um, we've seen some other kind of presentations that are pretty consistent with what other medical folks have described in Italy and elsewhere, you know, in New York and all over, you know, really bad um, chest x-rays, that hypoxia, the, um, you know, fever or no fever. It's just, it's confounding because it's, it seems so sneaky. It just kind of happens. And it's just scary because it's so random. This whole thing, it just seems so random, you know, Yes, old people and immunocompromised people are more likely to have a bad outcome. 
but it seems like it just can get anybody. Um, healthy people, no risk factors, no history. Um, today we've had big chunks of time when we were free and there wasn't a lot going on and, you know, ER people are easily the funniest people I've ever met. Uh, my coworkers are the funniest people I know. So, you know, in between taking care of these super sick people, we are cracking jokes or we're all talking about Tiger King or Easter candy. Um, CVS down the street brought us a whole bunch of Easter candy. So we were all really, um, it was pretty happy because a lot of us hadn't been able to go to the store and get anything for Easter. And we had all this nice candy um, to take to our kids or whomever, or just to eat. Uh, we did all eat a lot of candy today. Um, overall, it's been a good day with some just really weird, bad moments, you know. We're getting kind of used to it. Boy, you can tell how heavy this is on her mind as she goes to work every day. Ashley Wheeler has been a nurse for 13 years, all of her career in the emergency department. She lives in Hillsboro with her three children, including a six-month-old. So she says she spends her time outside of work making sure they are staying healthy. Boy, the realness with which yeah. she speaks is just really commendable. What an insight she's giving us. And yeah. we thank her so much and Duke for this access. We expect to hear more from her throughout the week. We're also bringing you daily podcast updates, five-minute briefs available for download in the afternoons, available for free wherever you download your podcasts. For now, thank you so much for making WREL your choice for news. Our next newscast is at 10 o'clock on Fox 50 and 11 o'clock here on WRAL. Have a good night.